Welcome to this week's Nebraska Soybean Board Weekly Roundup. It's being brought to you by the Nebraska Soybean Farmers and their checkoff. I'm Susan Littlefield. I have been on vacation this whole week, so learning what's going on in the markets is being just as exciting for me as it is for our folks that are listening and viewing this this week. We've got two great guys that are going to be joining us. As we're going to hit corn, the soybeans, the wheat, we're talking cotton. We're also going to take a look at what's been happening with basis, harvest continues, and what's been happening in South America. And then, of course, everybody's water cooler talk has been the weather. It may be small, but this little bean fuels a lot of power. It powers a food industry as a top source of protein. It's a fuel that powers diesel engines with fewer emissions. It powers a state economy and bottom lines and it powers the rest of the world as a top Nebraska export. Yeah, it may be small, but we're finding more ways for this little bean to power Nebraska. Welcome back. As we continue now, we are, of course, talking with two great guys. They're going to give us an update. You can see on camera here, PJ Conrad joined us and John Fawner. Both of them are with TradeOS. And as we look at what's been happening with this markets, another interesting week. And, and PJ, kind of want to start out with you. Talk about what you see as some of the key factors in this corn market this week. You know, it's been uh, obviously up week versus last week. Uh, Dees Corn 21 finished up 11 at 538 and then 22 crop finished up eight at 531. So it's always good to see that uh, positivity in the corn market. As far as what's driving it, you know, we got some really good ethanol uh, profitability. Outside of that, I do think yields are very good. And, and I'd like to hear John's down in Alabama. And so I haven't heard a lot of yields out of there and he has clients up in Northeast Missouri too. So I know Nebraska is good, but I'd like to know what things are doing down there too. Yeah, John, what uh, are you seeing in Alabama? Well, we uh, we make up a pretty small portion of the acreage nationwide. In fact, I don't even think Alabama is actually surveyed. But uh, just in general, the southeast United States and the Mid-South, which include Tennessee and Kentucky, um, we're having extremely good yields this year on corn. Um, we're probably just a little bit past the halfway point being done. Um, some guys are finished up, you know, and then, uh, like I said, most guys are on the downward slide. But, PJ, uh, one thing I wanted to touch on, you know, we were talking about, you were mentioning the market moving upward and, you know, just good ethanol margins, but also, you know, seasonally, which, you know, is very uh, relevant to trade-offs, you know, we do start see seeing uh, some sort of seasonal recovery, you know, most years in this time frame. So, you know, the recovery, there may not be a, a real definitive answer as far as, you know, margins or demand. It's just, you know, the seasonal recovery and, and uh, it, it seems to be a little more accelerated than normal, but, but it's just also good, right? Because this is the seasonal, we get some demand going, you know, get some Chinese buying or, you know, some more Mexico buying. Um, you know, this, this, again, should be very positive for corn. One thing technically I'd like to say on corn too, talking about seasonal retracements and all of that, uh, really, if you date back to uh, late July, we haven't left really this 550 to 497 type range, especially on a closing basis. So moving forward, I think you really look at what happens from here. Do we have a chance if we do break 550, there's probably a lot of upside there. You know, 575, I think is a, a resistance level on the way up. Uh, God willing, we see a six handle, but uh, on the flip side of that, if we do break 497, uh, the floodgates are open to the downside. So if you are having good yields, I've been trying to encourage guys to at least protect themselves or get some more sold just so that way we don't miss a, a very good margin, margin time frame to have here. PJ, you're talking a little bit about the ethanol market. I wondered what type of competition are we seeing between natural gas and ethanol at this point? <clears throat> Well, it's been all over the place, right? Uh, ethanol has obviously been the driver. There are some big 
margins there. Um, the net gas world, the whole thing's kind of getting crazy. And you talk energies, and, and this will kind of lead us into beans as well. Uh, beans had a massive up day on, I believe, Wednesday, up 20 on beans. And we took that all back Thursday. So kind of net changes on the week. Uh, no beans finished up a penny at 12.19. And the 22 beans finished down a penny at 12.22. Uh, so all that kind of factored in. You think energy's pushed that up because they're very strong Wednesday. Where do we go from here is the uh, million-dollar question, especially in the soybeans. But to John's point, um, seasonally, we should try to retrace back towards that $13 level. But what kind of pressures are we going to see in the meantime, especially with some uh, good bean yields in the, the core Midwest? But I know they fought with some stuff down south, too. John, what are you seeing when it comes to the soybean market? We don't hear a lot usually about uh, crops to the south, so kind of enlighten us to what we can expect. Well, this year was setting up to be, I mean, just again, for the southeast in general, uh, probably a record bean crop. Um, there's two time frames that we plant down here, and it's obviously the, the spring time frame, but that only makes up about 30% of the beans in the southeast. Uh, most of the beans are actually planted after wheat, um, and the early beans, what we refer to the ones planted in April, uh, they actually got too much water late and we're running into some massive damage problems, you know, field damage of, you know, 10 to 30 percent, which is, you know, you can't sell that uh, max damage at most processors and everything is 5 percent. So we're having some issues on that uh, on the early soybeans, but these late soybeans that are just now getting started, um, they look really good. And so far, the quality is holding in there. So, um, you know, we should overall have a good crop, but there are definitely, you know, when you got in APH down here, let's just say roughly, you know, 40 to 45 bushels the acre. Uh, but we were looking at 65 to 75 bushels the acre soybeans that are now, I mean, there's no insurance claim and, and there's nothing you can do with them. So it's it's kind of a tough pill to swallow when you, you know, it was right there and at the finish line, you know, they stumbled. But uh, overall, it's going to be a really good bean crop uh, in the southeast and, and corn as well. So do you see any change ups happening as guys start looking towards 2022, knowing the struggles that they had this last growing season? No, I mean, um, I, so when prices are good and it kind of depends, you know, down here, they can be more flexible because, you know, they got corn, beans, wheat and cotton. And, um, you know, over here where we raise soft wheat, you know, soft wheat's a higher yielding wheat than uh, like Kansas City wheat, like uh, uh, hard wheat. And so, you know, you can and also you can raise the soybeans behind it down here. And so that's where we may see some shift is uh, with the, let's see, July wheat, 22, it was up 20 on the week, up at 757. So, you know, we already got guys that know they were going to plant some wheat. They've already marketed some wheat, but now we might be adding acres, you know, with the uncertainty on dry land corn. You know, we're mainly dry land down here uh, with the uncertainty on margins right there with, you know, really high input prices. Um, you know, we could see some acreage shifts uh, over to wheat and then because, you will you know, you'll be able to plant beans behind it and get a second crop. Uh, but as far as, you know, this these early beans being uh, being tough this year, it, it's not going to change you guys. If there's guys that they always do 10 percent or 20 percent. Uh, beans planted in April, they're probably going to stick to that. Uh, but the only thing I could see changing is, you know, maybe drawing some corn acres out and moving it to wheat. But it, again, I, I don't think it'll be significant, um, at least looking at a snapshot of today's market. All right. Well, just want to remind folks that today's report's being brought to you by the folks of the Nebraska Soybean Farmers and their checkoff. PJ, kind of wanted to throw, we, we talk a little wheat here, wanted to throw you, I understand that there was some things going on with Russia, maybe with, with the export tax. And is that going to be a benefit to us here in the States? You'd hope so. I mean, definitely you look at the global picture on wheat and we keep drawing down stocks. I think that's really why you saw corn outperform uh, soybeans today. And a lot of that's on the back of wheat. Um, 
we Kansas City variety was up 20, uh, up 30 on the week at 774, and that's a nearby D sport. You look at corn, obviously we finished up 11, but we had a good day on Friday, up six roughly. So it's kind of a feed grain issue. Yes, we need that from Russia, but also are we getting the worldwide production to get us flush again with wheat? Wheat's a, a funny animal. When it wants to run hard, it's going to run hard. And if you look at the spring wheat, I don't have the exact number in front of me, but I know it had a 10 in front of it. Uh, it's just one of those, that market is what it is. And with the drought up north, it's driving everything. So uh, uh, all the gluten concerns aside, uh, wheat is having its day in the sunshine here, rallying ahead. And obviously, like John said, maybe you see some guys switch over to that. But I do think we're in for an interesting 2022 um, planting season or pre-planting, just looking solely at the numbers today. And I know John sent out a good email today about uh, the thoughts around the 2022 crop. Um, but sitting here today, if you don't have your fertilizer booked, it's hard to want to go book that at these values, especially when you see the soybean number where it's at, and maybe you go plant that instead. John, I want to talk a little bit about cotton because it is gaining in popularity, especially when we have our listeners and viewers in Kansas, and we continue to see this crop moving a little bit north. What are you hearing, especially when we look at the prices right now? So nearby December cotton, uh, it was up a penny on the week uh, to a dollar eight twenty six, and anytime cotton has been over a dollar, I mean it has been, uh, you know Alabama wrote a song about it. I mean it, it's you know you get over a buck on cotton and it's the real deal. But the problem is, you know your equipment for cotton, you know uh, a new modular roller picker is around eight hundred thousand dollars, and and inputs are similar to corn price, and so you've got to have really good cotton, and then when you have machines that cost that much and they are only usable for one crop cotton and that's it you know they're not versatile so if you want to add cotton acres you've really got to you know basically add enough acres to justify another whole machine so and you know depending on what kind of uh, what row spacing of cotton you plant um you know that's 800 to 1200 acres is roughly where you max a machine out at so it's a it's a big decision if you want to go more significantly more cotton acres you know you can't just add two or three or four hundred acres you know it's almost got to be a thousand acre decision um and you know next december cotton is i know it's up around 89 or 90 cents and so being able to you know book cotton this far out at those levels is really really good um you know just last year we were as low as 53 cents a pound um, and so it is, uh, it is definitely much, much, much more profitable, but again, there's barriers to entry, um, you know, as far as your flexibility of being able to, you know, move in and out of raising cotton or not, you know, it's not a crop that you can just raise three or 400 acres of, if it looks good on paper, you know, we're corn and beans, obviously we're using the same machine and wheat and rice and a lot of other things. Um, so it's, it's a little different animal, but, uh, it looks really good. So it will definitely encourage the guys that have the ability to flex in and out, um, but again, that's somewhat limited. Well, as we get ready to wrap this all up, I wanted to talk, PJ, quick about this weather situation. What are we going to see? Is it going to continue to be dry to get this harvest done? And does that cause any concerns when guys start making planting decisions for next year? You know, uh, I do know here locally in Nebraska, it looks like for a decent chance of the rain uh, here Sunday and then also back east. I know it's been pretty wet uh, further east in Illinois. As far as planting next year, you know, that, that's going to be more what we get for so some snowfall and also how we start off. As we can tell, there were some dry spots in Iowa on the drought monitor, but there's no dry spots uh, on their yields. So I guess uh, looking forward, let's be excited about that. And hopefully everyone has a quick, safe and uh, fun harvest and hopefully have this thing wrapped up to uh, get some handy or candy on Halloween by and large.
There we go. Best put. Thanks both gentlemen for joining us today. That has been the Nebraska Soybean Board Weekly Market Roundup. I'm Susan Littlefield.